Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, morning all. Welcome along to Summer Mornings. Julian King with you. Great to have your company on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 in Brisbane, SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast and across this beautiful globe via the SEN app. The weather across the listening area, Sydney 24, partly cloudy, Brisbane max 26 and showers. A bit of it grey and might be a bit grey over the Christmas weekend. Uh, the Gold Coast tops at 24, cloudy, high chance of showers. Now we can have some fun. We're going to lighten the mood as best we can on the program today, been the last show before Christmas. Goal, uh, the open line number, 1300 011170, and uh, text line 0457 736 736. Got a jam-packed program. Jared Waitley will be along to preview the second test. He hasn't had much to do, Jared. Uh, part of the SEN commentary team load management rest and rotation policies, who had to sit out in Perth. He's raring to go at his home city of Melbourne. Boxing Day test coming up to Australia. And Pakistan. So we'll catch up with Jared on the show today. Jaleesa Raps will be along. Just be Jaleesa. Whinge about whatever she wants to whinge about. Chris Nelson, SEN track analyst. He joins us every Friday to try and tip us some Christmas winners in both Randwick and Eagle Farm. John Anderson from Code Sports. Uh, this is an interesting article today. Ranked the top 50 athletes, I think it was, from 2024. Always contentious, these lists. So how you, what, only a top 20. Outrageous. Outrageous. Top 50. And I said top 50. And, well, yes, I have plenty of fun with that. Gibbo's with us today. Not sure how we landed Gibbo, but we'll take him. He's like the wacky uncle that you love to have at Christmas dinner. And Tommy, two cents, two rolls, 2 a.m. will arc up as well. I'll tell you what, I mean, we're going to kick off. There's a stack going on in the world of cricket. Firstly, an update, Australia-India. This is the women's test match. Not great going for the Aussies. Tali McGrath, you know, if it wasn't for half-century... Australia really would have stumbled. It's four for 25. They collapsed after lunch, handed control of the test match to India. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Diamond Duck for Phoebe Litchfield. I mean, who had that on their bingo card? They've stamped their authority, the Indians. 219 the Aussies rolled for, and they're one for 98 at stumps. Pretty absorbing first day of test cricket, I've got to say. It was Australia's first test in India in almost 40 years, and the momentum had ebbed and flowed, but it was in favour of the hosts. Scintillating start, two wickets in the first 10 balls at the Wankhede Stadium. They bookended it with a, a flawless start with the bat from Smitty Mandana and Shafali Verma. 90-run opening stand. It's like they're playing on two different pitches. They made it look easy. And Lisa Healy on Test Eve had expressed an intent to bat big and long should the coin fall in the tourist's favour, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. Mastraka outstanding, 4 for 53 with the ball. 
and the off-spin Arana, three for 56 as well. We mentioned there T-Mac, the newly appointed vice-captain. The best of the Aussies, pretty challenging conditions at times, 50 from 56. But apart from that, the next highest contributor was Beth Mooney's 40, and then Healy's 38. And poor Kimmy Garth. So Lauren Cheadle, debutante, she got picked, but they picked apart our quicks. Kim Garth copped a bit of punishment. And India raced a 50 from just 7.4 overs. We knew it would spin. We know that the one Kete spins. So they said, oh, we better throw the ball to Ash Gardner and Jess Jonathan. And thankfully, they trapped Shafali Verma, LBW, to, I guess, give them that sorely needed breakthrough. But not the ideal start there for the Australians. The big bash last night, Jake Fraser McGurk, Grand Maxwell's waxing lyrical on social media. It was the Renegades and the Heat, but it's the Heat victorious again. 21 ball half century, though, from Jake Fraser McGurk. Not enough, though. And including a dead ball for hitting the roof at Marvel Stadium. Think it's no reward for that, is there? You go high on a bring rate, dunk, there it goes. People complain about a lack of roofs in Australian Stadium. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. So the undefeated Heat reeled in the winless Renegades total of eight for 162. Six wickets remaining, 11 balls remaining, so they did it pretty comfortably in the end. Matty Renshaw, well, this is the thing. We're saying, well, who's going to replace David Warner at the top of the order? Do you pick someone that can actually go at a decent clip? In test match cricket, strike at about 70 runs per 100 balls. Well, Matty Renshaw said, I can hit him. 49, not out of 37 deliveries. Sam Billings, 40 of 29. Paul Walter, tall Paul, over two metres. 30, not out of 15, three for 27. He had a night out, didn't he? Paul Walter. And tonight at the SCG, we've got the Sixers taking on the strikers. Trent Copeland, Dougie Bollinger as part of the call tonight. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. I I couldn't believe this when I read it. So I was tracking the news sort of late yesterday afternoon, early evening. Daniel Cherney said, oh, Usman Khawaja may be charged for wearing the black armband. And not long after, they updated the story to say Usman Khawaja has been charged for wearing a black armband against Pakistan without seeking permission. The ICC confirmed yesterday that he'd been charged for the move, which was done to support Palestinians in Gaza. Where is the common sense here? That, that is an honest question. You may disagree with that. You may think, we you not throw the book at him. If he didn't get permission, too bad. Osman Khawaja has been charged for breaching Clause F of the Clothing and Equipment Regulations, which can be found on the ICC Plain Conditions page. The sanctions for a breach of the regulations are outlined in Appendix 2, an ICC spokesperson said. Usman displayed a personal message, which was an armband, during the first test match against Pakistan without seeking the prior approval of Cricket Australia and the ICC to display it. As required in the regulations for personal messages, this is a breach under the category of an other breach and the sanction for a first offence is a reprimand. Charged. I mean, please. I mean, it's all well and good to, you know, sanction political demonstrations through Black Lives Matter, for example, which I'm happy with. But an innocuous wearing of a black armband to betray a humanitarian message, just say, oh, come on, Uzi, don't do it again, mate, or just seek permission next time and get on with it. I mean, he wasn't flying a Palestinian flag. He didn't have stop oil or save the whales on the back of his shirt. Seems like a lot of obstinacy from the ICC. But the thing about it is, how did he get onto the field with a black armband? Cricket Australia didn't approve it. Going about what's that? What are you wearing there, Usman? He's opening the batting. They would have known, so someone in the inner sanctum would have said, you know what, just go do it anyway, mate. 
As they say in the classics, it's better to ask forgiveness than to seek permission. And cricket, we had a lot of league news in the past couple of days, but it is, of course, the summer sport, the official national sport. You might have seen this footage of Tom Curran last night, and this story just sort of came out of nowhere. We didn't know what to make of it when it first emerged. Tom Curran was suspended for four Big Bash League matches after being found guilty of intimidating an umpire. Sixers are appealing it, by the way. And he's been one of the more enduring and successful imports of the Big Bash. Found to have disobeyed umpire instructions not to run on the pitch before his sides match against Hobart and Launceston December 11. He then changed ends, ran in the direction of an umpire who was forced to balk at the last minute to avoid being hit. According to a release from Cricket Australia last night, former AFL executive Adrian Anderson, now a Code of Conduct Commissioner with Cricket Australia, deemed Curran to have seriously breached the rules. And he said prior to the commencement of the match, Curran completed a practice run-up in which he ran onto part of the pitch, was verbally instructed by the umpire not to run on the pitch. Following this, Curran moved to the opposite end of the pitch to complete another practice run-up. The umpire took positions next to the stump, blocking Curran from approaching the pitch and gestured to Curran to move away from the pitch. He was seen in the footage gesturing to the umpire to move away. Curran then attempted to perform a practice run-up, ran at pace straight towards the umpire who stood in the bowling crease facing Curran, stepped to his right to avoid the risk of collision. And basically how Anderson described it was how it went down. If you haven't seen the footage, have a look. It is damning. It is damning. But fascinating here is he's contesting the charges. The commission found that Curran committed the offence and imposed a penalty of four suspension points. Sixers Chief Rachel Haynes had said the club would seek an appeal. And have a listen to this. And I've got a lot of respect for Rachel Haynes. Tom and the club maintain that Tom did not knowingly or intentionally intimidate a match official and on legal advice, I don't know who's advising Tom Curran here, on legal advice, we will exercise our right to appeal the decision. We will support Tom during this period and look forward to him returning to the field. Have you seen the footage? You cannot defend that footage. It was clear intimidation. And further to that, there's a recording, which our colleague in Melbourne, Tom Morris, has released. Tom Curran apparently said to the umpire, allegedly said, if you stand in the way, I have nowhere to go, you F-head. You F-head. What do you make of that? And it's funny, because we didn't know. We thought, oh, we haven't seen the footage. As soon as it emerged last night, everyone's going, you are no chance, pal. Take the rap. In fact, four matches, you're lucky it's not more for intimidating an umpire. You can barely get people to umpire games and referee football matches and the like. You've got to intimidate and abuse the officials. Well, you deserve everything coming your way. I'm sorry. But you know what he's done also, Tommy Curran? He's done us a big favour. tell you what that is. He's enabled us to differentiate between him and his brother, Sam. You know, they look the same. Which one's which? Oh, no, no. Which one's Tom? Tom's the bloke that intimidated the umpire. Ah, that's Tom. Okay, I've got you. So certainly out of tonight's game against the Strikers, the club wanted to expedite an appeal to allow him to play in the Sixers' next match on Boxing Day. I'd be stunned if that happens. I just don't see how that's going to happen. But Tom Curran, that is appalling. And what he should be doing, rather than appealing, is apologising. 0457 736 736, the text line number. You may have a thought on that. Uh, what did you make of the Tom Curran footage? And are you happy with the Kawaja reprimand? Rugby League, Kangaroos. 
Brad Walters got this article, NRL.com. They have retained the number one spot in the world rankings, the Kangaroos, despite that 30-0 thumping to the Kiwis in the final of the Pacific Cup. Does anyone actually pay attention or close attention to international rankings? I couldn't tell you who, what anyone is ranked these days. I just look at the team list and they go, you know what, that's going to be a good game of footy. Gillaroos, by the way, they are also number one after splitting their two tests against the Kiwi Ferns, winning one apiece. The Wheelaroos, yeah, the mighty Wheelaroos, fourth at the moment in the wheelchair world rankings. So they need to get it. They need to pull their socks up, don't they? Get to number one. Come on, the Wheelaroos, you can do it. Now, the Kangaroos rose to the top spot after winning the World Cup, and Mal's men beat, of course, Samoa in Townsville, the New Zealand and Melbourne before suffering their biggest loss in 115 years in the final at Hamilton. And the result was met with a lot of criticism of the Aussie team. Might even cost some of their players their representative careers. And then on the other side, you got James Fisher-Harris, Kiwi's captain, won the golden boot for best international player. But in all, well, despite all of that, the Kangaroos still regarded as the best team in the world, which I think they are. You know, one-off games, sure. Three test series. Australia play New Zealand, Australia win it. Maybe it's 2-1. But anyway. England are three in the world, by the way, off the back of that 3-0 series win over Tonga. So Samoa, Tonga, PNG, Fiji, France, Lebanon have swapped places. Cook Islands rounding out the top ten. But make of that what you will. doesn't really matter, does it? Do you think New Zealand are looking at that go, oh, I'm really disappointed Australia number one. They've got the Pacific Cup and Australia doesn't. Now, I was wondering when we were going to hear from Justin Pascoe. Because he likes seeing his name in the media, does he not? You might have seen this in... The Nine Papers. He's finally broken his silence, Justin Pascoe. Insists he left the club's front office in order. There's no doubt Spenji Marshall will be a career coach and admitted for the first time he understands why Ivan walked out of the club. That's interesting. He spoke to the Herald, Justin Pascoe. The club is in a position that's far better than it's ever been in my lifetime in regards to development, talent, rosters, coaches. The fans and partners who have stuck solid by the club for a long time should be really comfortable that the club will have success. And a lot of people say winning comp starts with the front office and on and on he goes. He says, well, the front office has been in order. Well, I'll take his word for that. I haven't seen the books, but I wish the Tigers well. The heavy lifting has almost been done. The roster is almost set up for the next two years. The environment's set up to be elite. The business is in good shape. Now, believe him. Just on Benji Marshall, he says, I've got zero questions on his ability as coach. So Justin Pascoe. Says, I think he'll be outstanding for the club. Demonstrated a willingness to work and learn. And with the mentors he's talking to, senior coaches around him will have an outstanding career. Wish him all the very best. And just in relation to the recruitment of Jerome Luai, and we do expect, we hope, to see an official confirmation of his signing with the Tigers shortly. Decorated outstanding career for a young man. No concerns. That won't continue at Wests. Good family man. Strong values. Good character. He'll be an asset to wherever he ends up. So a few... Choice quotes there from Justin Pascoe speaking to the Sydney Morning Herald. He's finally broken his silence. But I think by and large, he's right. So Tigers fans who are rejoicing and membership numbers have gone up off the back of the removal of the board and the resignation of the CEO. If the Tigers make the eight this year and have success over the next couple of years, will you then give credit to Pascoe and Hadjapantelis and the previous board for, in the words of what Justin Pascoe said, setting the joint up? Will you give him credit? I'm not sure you will. But further to that, if they get consecutive wooden spoons again, you're still going to blame the old board? 
They're never the silver bullet, these things, moving the board. Could be the start of something, and I hope it is for the West Tigers. 0457 736 736 is the text line number. Your thoughts on Tom Curran? Oh, that's got a lot of chins wagging today, hasn't it? Oh, it's, it's damning footage. It is really damning footage. If you haven't seen it, just go Google Tom Curran and it'll come up. But to say that, oh, we didn't knowingly intimidate. He swore at the umpire. He ran at him and the umpire had to move and make a reflex action at the last minute. A terrible behaviour. I just, I don't know how you can defend it. And Tom Curran considered himself bloody lucky to only get four matches. It was idiocy at its very peak. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That is the open line number. Happy to take your calls and anything today. And further to that, you know what? It is our last program before Christmas, which is on Monday. So I thought to myself, tell me what you're up to this Christmas weekend. Uh, what are you going to eat? What's on the menu? Boxing Day. What do you plan for Boxing Day? I had a few texts yesterday. They're going to shut themselves off from the family, lock themselves in the shed, got the beers in the fridge, and it sounds absolutely heavenly to me. So tell us what you're up to. Christmas Day, Boxing Day. would love to hear from you on the program today. Uh, bring the SEN family together. Wish each other a Merry Christmas, all that kind of thing. Are you playing a bit of backyard cricket? Are you, have you got a backyard, firstly? Because not as many around Australia anymore. But are you mowing in the pitch? Prepping for backyard cricket. What are your backyard cricket rules as well? Have you got the one hand, one bounce? Does the dog count as a fielder? You get a run penalty for whacking it into to mum's flowers or the rose bush. Six and out. Can you catch it off the roof? So you're setting yourself up for a bit of backyard cricket over the Christmas weekend. Let us know what you're up to. 0457 736 736. 1300 01 1170. Up and running. SEN Summer Mornings with Jules.